It's another episode of Nothing Specific with your boy Trevor David Houchin. It's late. I guess it's about midnight. And uh, I decided I would talk about something that I've thought a lot about, but um, haven't really ever been able to voice really to anyone because it's a bizarre topic, I suppose, Um, something that I don't really hear a lot about, read about, see a lot spoken about, I suppose, Um, and on the face of it seems incredibly shallow and I suppose self-referential, but... Most things in life seem to be self-referential. Most people look at life, obviously, through their own eyes, and therefore everything relates to them. They relate everything to them, Um, which isn't a bad thing. It just is what it is, as they say. So I guess what I'm going to talk about is what it is like to be a man who is considered handsome or good-looking or attractive or whatever. And even saying that sentence sentence makes my skin crawl because the moment a man acknowledges the fact that other people think he is attractive or good-looking, he's thought of as being, you know, shallow and... Um, <clears throat> you know, one-dimensional, I guess, or whatever the case may be. But when you've lived as long as I have and you've had people react to you based solely on your looks, (laughs) you've had quite a while to reflect on your looks if you are a reflective, introspective type of guy. And those two attributes being thought of as being handsome, but then also being reflective and introspective just don't go together. It's like you're some kind of anomaly, some kind of weirdo if you're a good looking guy and you just, and you don't live your life based around your looks. And I guess I'm that guy. As long as I can remember, um, I've gotten a fair amount of extra attention thrown my way because of my looks. And still, I, 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 I still don't quite understand it because I've said this before, you know, um, unless you've had a bunch of plastic surgery and refashioned your looks artificially basically you're just born with whatever looks you either have or don't have um and I've always been a person who always strove to dug to dig deeper than looks both in myself and in women um I've had lots of friends, as a matter of fact, just the other day I had a friend um, basically scream at me because 
he, you know, he, 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 he feels that the women that I choose in my life are quote unquote below my standard based strictly on their looks. In other words, you know, I, I, the women that he's seen me with, he's always wondered why is Trevor with this girl who isn't as good looking as him, who isn't as physically attractive as him. And it's, I found that it's like nearly impossible to make guys at least anyway, understand that the looks of a woman aren't my first or second or even third criteria that I use to, you know, I guess decide if I want to be with them. You know, it isn't like I actively strive to get women who are not quote unquote as attractive as I am, but I just, I don't care how attractive they are. And personally, my belief is that a woman who is beautiful or whatever, um, probably has had a, a life of people, guys throwing themselves at her opening doors and spending money and, you know, doing everything they can to get this quote unquote beautiful woman. So therefore her personality is shaped, um, by how other people see her. Um, and that's just not my thing. That's just not my thing, but that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast I'm hoping is specifically about my looks and how my looks have either shaped or not shaped my life. So I can remember as a kid in elementary school, always being voted one of the cutest boys in class. And I can remember, um, in elementary school, whenever that would happen, it just would confuse me. Um, I, I'm, I'm naturally a shy guy, naturally introspective, don't like to talk a lot, definitely don't like to be the life of the party, don't consider myself an alpha male in any kind of way. So when, 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 when I would get voted, the, you know, one of the cute guys in class, it just confused me because I just remember thinking, what exactly does that mean? You know, you're, you're seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. People are voting you the, one of the cutest guys in class or whatever. And you're thinking, what does that mean? What did I do to be cute? You, you go home and you look in the mirror and all you see is yourself and what's, you know, you, you, what does it mean to be cute? I, I remember, you know, girls wanting to be my, my girlfriend. I remember, you know, girls pulling up their dress to show me whatever it was that they had underneath their dress and, you know, wanting to kiss me and stuff. And I know that this all sounds just disgustingly, um, again, self-referential or whatever, but it just is, this is just the fact. And I, you know, I remember thinking, what the hell is going on here? What's with these girls pulling me into dark spaces and wanting to kiss me, showing me their, their, you know, <laughs> seven, eight, nine-year-old little bodies. I, I just didn't understand what the hell was going on. And it just made me even more 
shy and scared and I can completely remember being terrified of girls because I didn't know what they wanted me to do or what they wanted me to be or you know the, the, the this whole you're cute thing I didn't know how I, I could live up to it or I didn't know how I was supposed to behave or what they expected from me so it just made me more confused and um, just weirded me out this this the, the whole cute thing so I didn't you know I can remember I, I remember in fifth to sixth grade I, I had a girlfriend you know um, this girl named Rhonda Williams and I thought she was really pretty Rhonda was really really shy really quiet um, dainty and I asked her to be my girlfriend by writing a note to her and you know, she wrote back, yes, I'll be your girlfriend. And then so we were boyfriend and girlfriend for a couple of weeks. But for those few weeks, I didn't say a single word to her. I didn't do anything. I didn't. She just in my mind, she's she was just my girlfriend. And I, I, I didn't know what to do with her, or what not to do with her. You know, of course, I'm nine, 10, 11 years old. What can you do with her? Right. Um, but I, I, I didn't know what to do. And then eventually Rhonda broke up with me. And, you know, that added to the confusion because there's the whole idea that well Trevor you know you're you're cute why doesn't she why is she breaking up with you Trevor you're cute so that just added to the whole confusion thing so um then I didn't have another girlfriend for a few years and then a few years later I, I met another girl named Sandy I think Sandy was interracial biracial I think she was half black half white something like that and um, I just thought Sandy was really pretty and I remember you know I gave Sandy my phone number or we exchanged phone numbers maybe I got her number I'm not sure I remember the one and only conversation we had on the phone I was in seventh grade I was going to uh, I was going to 231 in Queens and I got Sandy's phone number and I called her one night, got up the courage to call her. I remember very, very specifically, I was in my sister's room. I had taken, you know, we had cord, corded phones at the time, landlines. I had taken the phone from maybe the kitchen downstairs and brought it up to my sister's room for some privacy and called Sandy, got up the courage to call Sandy and didn't know what to say to her. Um, but I do remember asking her, if she believed in Santa Claus, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what made me say that. And Sandy hung up on me. And uh, once again, I was left feeling like, whoa, 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 what did I do wrong? I, re I remember all my dude friends, all my all my male friends at that time. They were already heavily, heavily into girls and kissing them kissing their girlfriends and you know wanting to be with them nobody was having sex yet but you know all the all the guys at 11 12 years old they were they were heavy into you know wanting to make you know tongue kissing their 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 girlfriends that's about the age that you know i guess tongue kissing begins i really don't know i don't know but i do remember i was in seventh grade so that makes me about 13 12 13 
asked Sandy if she believed in Santa Claus. Sandy hung up, hung up the phone on me, and then I didn't know what what to do because again, I'm 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 thinking to myself, well, Trevor, you're cute. Everybody says you're cute. So, what do you do? You know, what else is there besides you being cute? What are the good things to say? How do you behave? along with this cuteness that you had nothing to do with you know you were quote unquote you were born looking however you look and you know so i guess that gets you uh, you know a, that 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 pushes you to the head of the pack in a certain way but then there's more you're supposed to do you know and apparently asking a girl if she believes in santa claus was not the right thing to do. So Sandy broke up with me. I, well, she didn't even break up with me. She hung up the phone and then we didn't talk again. So that's 7th grade. Then in 8th grade I went to a private school out in Queens and I was the only it was one of maybe I don't know, probably less than 10 black kids in the school. So and and that was 8th grade. And in 8th so so that so I was not cute in my 8th grade year. I was black in my eighth grade year, um, and I was, you know, like a, a weird old black dude from the ghetto or whatever, compared to all these rich white kids in this uh, private school. And that that year, I was not cute. And but ironically enough, you know, that that that's the year that I became more of I want to say an adult because I'm still 13 or 14 years old but that's the year I started riding the trains and the buses in New York City um, because my school the name of the school was Garden School it was out in Jackson Heights at the time I'm living in uh, Laurelton Queens I remember I had to take a bus to um, Jamaica Station then take the E train or the F train to Roosevelt Avenue, I believe it was. Then I had to get off at Roosevelt. Then I'd have to go upstairs and then take another bus to 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 the school in Jackson Heights. So that year introduced me to sort of traveling on my own and being independent. And it was really like, I guess, a breakthrough year in my life because, you know, it was the first time I was able to sort of get off the block, you know, go see some other things and introduce myself to the city and ride the trains and the buses and blah, blah, blah. But garden school only lasted a year because I didn't, I, I don't know, I, I even though I enjoyed it, I remember coming home, every time I would come home to my block in, in Laurelton, which was predominantly black people, they'd make fun of me on my block. You know, I, I, I like, you've seen the Michael Jackson bad video. Michael is the guy that goes off to private school and comes back and all, all his friends are, you know, have, have turned into hoodlums and hard rocks and street guys and what have you. And Michael, you know, was like this straight laced nerdy guy. And that's what I was. That's what I was during my eighth grade year. Come home and, you know, people are making fun of everything about me. So I told my parents that I wanted to quit garden school and they let me. I quit garden school after after one year and then I enrolled in Jamaica High School. Uh, 
and started going to Jamaica. And then once again, um, you know, the whole cute thing starts up again. But by this time, I'm completely, completely just what the hell does it mean to be cute? You know, um, just completely weirded me out. I'm in Jamaica High School and, you know, um, this was the mid 80s. And, you know, hip hop had just started the whole fashion. It, it hadn't just started, but, you know, it, 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 had, it had pretty much taken over the city by that time. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to be down. I wanted to be part of, you know, the whole hip hop culture that was emerging in New York City at the time. So, you know, I start buying, I, I asked my parents to start buying me you know, all the cool clothes. I got a couple little part-time jobs, delivering newspapers, working at a Jamaican store, uh, you know, shoveling snow, washing cars, doing whatever I could do to make money to buy these clothes. And I start buying gabardines and alpaca sweaters and Lee jeans and Sergio Valente jeans and Pumas and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm rocking the gear and I look cool but I'm not cool um I look cool and cute I guess but I'm 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 not cool and I don't know what to do with this whole cute thing that's supposed to be going on so I'm I'm actually a nerd in cool cute clothing that's basically what I was all through high school there was there was one other girl in high school um that I liked her name was Sheila she was Haitian and Sheila was everything that I wasn't she was you know she was she was talkative and funny and um you know energetic and you know sexy and and blah 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 and um I can remember seeing Sheila was in a couple of my classes and I can remember seeing Sheila. I would never speak to her. I would never say a word to her. Um, then in the lunchroom, I I would see her and never say a word to her, but just stare at her and just, just thinking, my God, this girl is so, so beautiful. But I never, ever said a single thing to Sheila. Um, yeah, um, and then I moved down to Florida, and uh, after high school, or I guess I had one year left in high school, I moved down to Florida, and once again, I move and I, I go to, um, you know, I'm once again I'm thrust into an environment where I am different. So n- not only, not only was I black in a mostly white school, but now not only am I black, but I'm 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 this dude from New York. And you move, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Florida, Gainesville, Florida in the mid eighties. And there was no hip hop yet in Florida. There was no hip hop. There was no hip hop fashion. There was no hip hop music. There was no hip hop slang. They didn't, they didn't, the, the people in Florida didn't know what it was, but I had just come from you know, the birthplace of, of hip hop and it had already taken over New York. So I've got these 
three strikes against me in 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 Florida. I'm I'm black, you know. I'm I'm hip hop, dressing hip hop, and I'm shy, and and I wasn't really athletic. Um, so I was alienated in 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 Florida, and and the the, the cute thing. At, at least when I first got to Florida, the cute thing sort of went out the window because I, I, again, I was just a freak. And then I graduated high school and, um, you know, started going to college, started going to, I, I went to uh, Santa Fe Community College. I was where I was pretty invisible for a few years. And then I went to the University of Florida where I was invisible for a few more years and uh, graduated, graduated from UF and then I decided to move to Orlando to work at Disney MGM, the, the movie studio, and uh, Universal Studios down there. And then once again, the the cute, good-looking thing reared its ugly head again. I, I can remember these white girls um, at both Disney and Universal just just staring at me just absolutely staring at me and and saying things to me like you know you're the you're you're the best looking black guy i've ever seen um and again that just sounds it, it makes me it makes me want to vomit to hear myself say that because again the last thing a man is supposed to do is talk about his looks but that is specifically what this podcast is about so i'm going to do my do my best to power through it so yeah i'm i'm at disney and you know these white girls are are, are telling me that i'm the best looking black guy they've ever seen and you know, talking about my 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 bone structure and my eyes and all this, and again, I'm 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 I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what they're talking about because inside of me, I'm still just this Jamaican skinny Jamaican guy. You know, from Brooklyn, New York, from Queens, New York. I'm still just this. I just don't know what they're talking about. But by this time, you know, I'm I'm in my early 20s and I'm not gay and I wasn't gay. I liked women, so I decided to take advantage of it. And I did, you know, I I I I started picking up girlfriends and you know, going out to clubs and you know, when I started going out to clubs in Florida, and I would see these girls staring at me and, um, you know, sort of sort of going out of their way to meet me or, or, or whatever. I was still really confused about what the hell was going on. But being straight, I just took advantage of it. I just, OK, you, you, you think I'm good looking? You think I'm cute? OK, you know, let's get it on. And, you know, I got a series of girlfriends you know i started my i guess my sexual conquest of women at this time and uh but still never really understood like what 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 the big deal was with my looks because again you know you go home and in in moments of 
solitude or whatever. You're just who you are on the, of course you're who you are on the inside and the outside, but you know, when you're like, when you're an introspective person, you're in your inner, your inner world is always more important than your outer world, regardless of what you look like on the outside or what people think you look like on the outside what's going on inside of you always takes precedence over whatever other people think you look like on the outside so I'm dating these girls and you know having a lot of sex and it's really easy to pick up girls and you know I've got all these you know um I don't know, sexual partners or whatever, but I wasn't, I wasn't like this dynamic, dashing, charismatic, flashy, confident guy, you know, but I, I did like sex, you know, so I would get these girls and once they sort of discovered that I wasn't some, like I said, dashing, um, alpha, you know, macho, you know, handsome dynamo kind of guy. Some of the girls were disappointed, you know, they were disappointed at the fact that the reality of me was, you know, I was I, I was a shy, laid-back, casual, introspective dude who liked to talk about <laughs> space and the ocean and uh, the wind and um, cartoons way more than I was interested in being some cool dashing guy. So some women were attracted, you know, became more attracted to me because I wasn't what they expected. But just as many women were turned off by the fact that, you know, I wasn't, you know, my personality didn't match my looks. Um, but I wrote it out, you know, I wrote it out in Florida. I had a good time, you know, um, didn't, you know, did my best not to hurt anybody, did my best not to use anybody, you know, I had a good time and, you know, basically that's it. Then I decide to move back up to New York and I guess at this point, I'm, I'm in my mid-20s, maybe, late 20s, and um, in Florida, I'd, I'd worked at Disney, I'd worked at Universal, um, I'd worked at a bunch of radio stations, because that's what I studied in college, I was a DJ and reporter, and, you know, at this point, I hadn't done anything in my life that was a reflection of my looks. In other words, like, I hadn't, I hadn't even considered... Hey, Trevor, maybe you can, you know, carve out a living with your looks. You know, I hadn't considered being a model or an actor or anything like that. I hadn't even considered it. Then I moved back up to New York and um, 
I decided where I was going. I love music, so I, I decided what I was going. I love music and I love writing. Um, and I, 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 I was dipping my toes into um, studying about religions, Eastern, Eastern religions, Eastern philosophies. Um, you know, the hidden, the hidden history of mankind. Um, uh, secret societies, cults. Um, esoteric wisdom, occult knowledge, and then music. So I, I figured I, I, somehow I was going to try to combine these these things into some kind of career. And I was a, I was a good writer. I've always been a good writer, good with words. Um, so I decided what I was going to do was try to write, try to try to become a freelance writer, and I did. I did. You know, I, I don't remember exactly how I got. Oh, no, well, well, that's not true. When I was in Florida, I, I obviously I had the same interests. So I, I, I at the, when I was working at the radio stations in Florida, I got involved with um, a magazine called Jack the Rapper magazine, which which at the time was like considered sort of, um, I guess, the precursor to like. I guess it was considered like the industry version of Vibe magazine. So when I got up to New York, I decided I would just continue that same thing. When I was in Florida, I, I got a chance to interview a bunch of famous people for that magazine. Keith Sweat, uh, blah, 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 blah. Sheryl Crow, some rappers, um, a bunch of people. I, I don't even remember. But I interviewed a bunch of people and I was in Florida, decided I was going to do that when I got up to New York, submitted some, some, some of my writing to a few different magazines, got some freelance writing jobs. Um, and so I, that's what I was doing. I, and at the time, I was also writing poetry. I got I got involved into the I got involved in the spoken word poetry circuit in New York. And that's what I was doing, enjoying that. And it was great. But. What would happen is I, I, I'd be walking around Manhattan. Um, I spent most of my time, you know, um, in the lower part of Manhattan, Lower East Side, uh, the Flatiron District, uh, you know, East Village, West Village. That's where I spent most of my time. And what would happen was several times somebody would come up to me and say, hey, are you a model? Um, you know, and I would say no. And they would say, well, you should be, you know, you, you, sh you should be a model. And that happened enough times for me to think maybe I should try to be a model. You know, what, what does it mean? I, I had no idea what it meant to be a model. What the hell does that mean? Um, but I guess I did some research and I, I guess I contacted a couple agents and you know went to go see a couple agents and you know as soon as I walked through the door they're like oh hell yeah you're you know you you should be a model go take some pictures took a bunch of pictures and then I, I, I started modeling and again um, there's a lot of emphasis being put on what I look like and again, it's just for me, it's just 
confusing as all get out like because I I'm still just thinking what is all the hoopla you know I'm 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 I don't I don't get it I don't know what all right all right all right all right I'm good looking okay you guys think I'm good looking okay great you okay you think I'm handsome cool 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 um around that same time um there were a few girls that I was friends with and I never made any moves on um and 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 I can remember in a few instances after a few weeks or months of being friends with these girls they would get frustrated with me and like yell at me like Trevor don't you see that I'm interested in you Trevor don't you see that I you know I want to be more than friends you know like what's wrong with you Trevor and every time I I just would be like (laughs) I just I just I just would be like I'm sorry I didn't notice and they would say, what do you mean you didn't notice? You know, can't, what's wrong with you? Can't you tell? Can't you see? And I would be like, no, not really. You know, no. Um, but by that time, you know, there seems to be like a moment where if a woman shows interest in you and you don't reciprocate, there's a moment where they get too frustrated and give up and then from that moment forward not only are they not only are they no longer interested in you but they kind of hate you they 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 they, kind of hate you because i guess you 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 haven't um i don't know succumbed to their feminine wiles you know you you you've done something um you know, you've done something against their womanhood and they hate you. And that's what happened to me with, with several girls up uh, when I moved back to New York. I, I can name three, four girls that, 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 you know, basically just told me, you know, um, I was interested in, in you. What's wrong with you? You know, I can remember, uh, you know, one girl in particular, her name is Joanne telling me you're going to you're gonna love me you know you're gonna do this and I'm gonna make you do this and you're gonna want me and I just I just (laughs) I didn't I didn't and of course you know um that turned to resentment and I, 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 you know, I, I, I just was confused. But anyway, I start this modeling career, did some modeling stuff, but I didn't find the modeling stuff rewarding at all other than whatever money I was making from it. And it wasn't a lot of money, but I didn't find it rewarding at all. Just standing around people taking pictures or, or walking up and down a runway Posing, you know, just that word posing, you know, you're if you're posing, what are you? Are you a poser? And I just I wasn't interested in being a poser. So I decided, you know, okay, I'm going to try to take this modeling thing up a notch and get into acting. So I did that. 
I got an acting agent and I, I booked a couple projects and I booked a commercial that was national. I booked uh, a short film that won some film festivals. Then I booked a uh, feature film called Love Goggles. And I played the lead in that film. The character's name was Top Cat. And the film was submitted to a film festival in Los Angeles. And it won this film festival in Los Angeles. So I decided, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to move out to L.A. So when I get to L.A., I get to L.A. on the heels of, you know, me being the lead actor in this film that just won this film festival. So I get out to LA and I hit the ground in LA and I'm kind of a mini celebrity for, for, I guess it was about six months, maybe a year, maybe not even that long, but you know, there were some agents that were, were, were competing, I guess, to sign me and modeling agents and acting agents. And then again, there's these women you know, there's these women. So now I'm an actor in this movie. I'm the lead actor in this movie on top of the fact that, you know, I'm, you know, I guess these women, they think I'm attractive. So they start sort of, once again, throwing themselves at me. Um, and once again, I'm just confused. Now there's a case to be made that at this point, you know, I guess at this point I was around 30, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe 30, maybe not quite that old, maybe a little bit older. Um, it's a case to be made that, okay, um, dickhead, okay, douchebag, okay, dunce. If you haven't realized it yet, maybe you'll never realize it, you know, um, but yeah, these, these women are, you know, sort of, you know, just, you know, just kind of throwing themselves at me. And, um, you know, I, I guess I had a decent, I guess I had some fun with a couple of them, but n- you know, I just wasn't interested in them because most of those women, you know, it's, it's Los Angeles. So the circle of people that I'm spending time with are also actors and models. So these women who are, you know, making themselves available to me are also considered beautiful. And they were beautiful. You know, they they absolutely were like gorgeous, gorgeous, physically gorgeous women. But I wasn't interested in them. And my friends around me at the time were just mind boggled at the fact that I wasn't interested in these, you know, quote unquote, drop dead, gorgeous women. Um, I mean, listen, listen, this sounds so ridiculous, but I'm going to say some names. I'm going to say some names of some of the women who made themselves available to me. Now you can think I'm lying, but I don't care. I'm not telling, I'm not telling, I'm not doing this for anybody's approval. You know, anybody who listens to my podcast knows that it's more or less just stream of consciousness. Um, it isn't necessarily meant for entertainment, but 
you know, what, whatever. I mean, Beyonce, Gabriel Union, uh, Halle Berry, Jennifer Lopez, uh, Drew Barrymore. Um, <laughs> these are some of the women who I'm not going to say, I guess I can't say they made themselves available to me, but I can say that when I, um, met them and was in their vicinity, they made it very clear that they were attracted to me. And again, when, you know, you want to shoot me in the head, you do that. But again, I'm just confused by it. I'm just, I just, I just wasn't sure what, 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 what was going on. On, and I know that sounds stupid, but listen, it is what it is. Beyond which, and this is nothing against those particular women, I just, I just, I just wasn't attracted to them. And of course, my friends think I'm crazy. Um, But I guess at that point, you see, I wasn't confident of my quote unquote looks because in my mind, I'm the guy who asked Sandy, you know, if she believed in Santa Claus, I'm the guy who, who, who wrote a note to Rhonda and asked her to be my girlfriend and then didn't speak to her for three weeks. I I'm the guy who, you know, just, you know, just stared at Sheila from afar and didn't have the balls to say a word to her. So what what the hell am I going to do with a Jennifer Lopez or a, you know, or, or, or Beyonce or, 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 or a woman of that caliber? I just, I just was thinking, okay, so I guess these women are looking at me and assuming from my looks, whatever my looks are, that I'm going to be a particular type of guy. And I know already I'm not that particular type of guy. So Trevor, what's the point of you being interested in them? So that's what happened. And, 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 and I wound up, you know, in, in, in Los Angeles meeting what I thought was the beautiful Mexican girl, um, who, who, you know, just kind of a normal girl. Um, and you know, we, we hit it off because I made her laugh and I loved, I I guess at that time, I, I loved to just be silly and introspective and, we hit it off. We had a, you know, we hit it off and I dated her for almost the whole time that I was in LA that first time. And, um, then our, you know, our relationship, you know, ended and then I I left LA and then I moved to Japan. You know, I, I just, I just was confused entirely about that Hollywood thing, my looks, I tried the modeling while I was out in LA and felt the same way I felt about it in New York. Just felt like, what the, what is this? What is this modeling thing? What's this put on clothes and stand around and, you know, make 
you know, I don't know, faces at the camera, try to be, try to be handsome for the camera. I just didn't feel that way inside of me. I didn't feel like I was some kind of handsome guy inside of me. So it was really, really difficult to portray that handsome guy. I can even remember, um, being on certain sets, music video sets, uh, movie sets, what have you, and guys would 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 treat me funny. Guys would come and ask me if that was if this was my real hair, uh, if these were my real eyebrows, um, you know, if I was mixed, uh, if I had had, you know, um, plastic surgery, and I'm thinking, what? what are you talking about bro what are you talking about bro what is happening I can remember um, photographers would, 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 would both male and female well let's start with the male I can remember male photographers would want me to um, <laughs> take pictures in the bathtub for instance, uh, you know, they would do everything they could do to get me nude. I can remember male photographers, you know, saying that they were shooting a calendar and they wanted me to be the cover of the calendar. I can remember female photographers, you know, um, wanting to take pictures of me and stuff. And, and I just totally remember thinking, what the what the hell is going on now when i was living in new york before having moved to los angeles i was living in brooklyn uh in crown heights where my family emigrated to from jamaica and i was one of the dudes who was smoking blunts buying lucy's um i was a street dude just a street dude i wasn't i wasn't um, I was a street dude who liked <laughs> spoken word poetry and writing about music. I was by no means flashy. Then, then in Los Angeles, it's the same thing. Deep inside me, I'm this Brooklyn, Jamaican, blunt-smoking skinny black guy whom forever for whatever reason people like Beyonce and Halle Berry are giving me attention I I just didn't know what 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 the f was going on um so I it, it and then I got with my Mexican girlfriend we stayed together for a couple of years our relationship ended um, I felt completely, I, I tried the modeling thing in LA, it, it was confusing and weird to be, I tried to get into the acting thing, had a pretty decent little acting career though, in Los Angeles, that's the truth, had a pretty decent little acting career in Los Angeles, um, but didn't feel comfortable in LA, because LA is completely image driven, didn't feel comfortable being thought of as you know this good-looking guy so I left I left and moved to Japan lived in Japan for 10 years um, 
then you know I'll talk about the Japan stuff in another podcast because that's an entirely different subject then came back to America and um, completely came back to came back to America kind of having completely forgotten about the idea that I was some good-looking guy because in Japan I was just a foreigner I, I, I was just a gaijin I, I was just a I was just I was an alien in Japan I, you know I, I was just this yeah it, it actually was it, it, it Japan was actually good for me because the experience I had in Japan aligned more with who I felt I was inside in Japan nobody thought I was good looking because all I was was different so because I was different because I was different and and I wasn't thought of as being some good looking guy I was able to you know sort of allow my personality to take precedence over my physical um, appearance as much as possible then I moved back to America and had completely forgotten about you know the previous life of being this good-looking guy that I had experienced before I went to Japan um, and spent a couple of years and moved back to LA and spent a couple of years in LA just kind of almost being almost living on the street you know um, I got a couple jobs teaching English in a couple of schools you know my in the back of my mind I, I had it in the back of my mind that I was going to try to get back into the acting thing never even considered trying to become a model again because at this point I'm 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 45 years old 40 years old 45 years old when I came back from Japan and and just thought well Trevor you know you you're too old to be a model and I didn't want to be a model anyway I didn't have a whole lot of good g- great memories of being a model it didn't make me feel real good when I was doing it before so I didn't even consider it but I did have it in the back of my mind to try to get back into the acting thing but it never crossed my mind that I was because <clears throat> at this point I'm 45 years old uh, it never crossed my mind that I was a, a, you know good looking I'd spent 10 years you know in, on another planet on planet Japan where my quote unquote good looks just were never mentioned and I forgot about it um and I think it made me a better person, you know, it, I, I think it made me a better person. Um, but again, you know, um, now, 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 you know, I lived in L.A. for three years, um, left L.A. again because I just, I just, I I don't know, the vibration of LA just doesn't, I don't vibe with LA, I just don't vibe with LA, it's not, I don't have that, there's a certain, in my opinion, okay, there's a certain amount of, how do I put it, surface dwelling that you have to do 
in order to live in LA. This is my opinion. There's just a certain amount of soul negation you have to condition yourself to in order to survive and thrive in LA. And I just I just don't have that thing. So I moved to Atlanta where I've been living for the past five years. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've resurrected my acting career. I haven't even thought about modeling, although I still get people saying, hey, you should be a model. You know, you're in your prime now. You should be a model. And it's always in the back of my mind. Hey, Trev, maybe you should try this modeling thing because maybe there's some money you can make. But I don't know what it is that stops me from 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 pursuing that again. You know, I just the the idea of trying to represent myself as some kind of good looking guy makes me gag mentally But once again, when you meet people and they think you're good looking and you don't live up to whatever standards they attach to that whole good looking thing, there's like this weird cognitive dissonance that you can see sweep over their face. Like that you can see that when they meet you they're thinking you're gonna be this dynamic life of the party alpha you know um i don't know charismatic you know like just i don't know dynamo but then when you're not you can see this look of sort of this they're disappointed that's just it that's just it They're disappointed that you're not who they thought you would be. Um, And this has happened throughout my life. Um, I wouldn't know how to use... And, you know, a lot of people might say, I'm stupid. I don't know. A lot of people might say I'm stupid, but I wouldn't know how to live off my looks if somebody taught me. And at my age, you know, my looks, whatever they might have been, are definitely not what they used to be. And it's probably too late for me to even try to, to, to live off my looks, but there is a sense in me of disappointment in myself for not being able to live up to whatever these looks are supposed to be. It, it, it's a weird thing to be um, thought of as, you know, a handsome or good-looking man while at the same time being 
you know, introspective, quiet, shy, um, reflective, I don't know, philosophical, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I, you know, I'm thankful for everything, you know, I'm thankful for everything, my health, first and foremost, you know, my life, you know, what I have, the blessings that I have, um, you know, I, sometimes I, I pray or wish that I'll wake up one day and have the personality to match the looks. It's nothing specific. Trevor David Houchin. <laughs>